Thank you, Ms. Christie, and thank you again for coming. Uh, we have an outline of the uh, sermon today, and I would like for everyone to have one. And I also uh, ask Steve, if he would, to give out, if you were not here last week, to give out last week's study because it ties in with this. He'll give out, first of all, the uh, outline for today. And I, I do want us to think about God doing something mighty in our lives this morning. I do not want us to come expecting to leave like we came. I want us to come expecting to give God something, whether it's praise, whether it's finances or whatever. But I want us to expect to receive from God. Now, I believe, and we've prayed about this and fasted and believed God. I believe that the year of 2019 is going to be the year of revelation. Let me say it again. I believe that the year of 2019 is going to be the year of revelation. Mainly, and this is what we'll be talking about today, mainly the power of God revealed to the church. Now, you and I know that we that, that of the power of God. We certainly have experienced that, whether it's with salvation, whether it's being baptized with the Holy Spirit, but we've experienced the power of God. But my prayer, and I believe that this church is going to see a greater manifestation of the power of God. Now, when it comes to God's presence, and we'll be talking quite a bit about God's presence, there are stages of the presence of God. Let me say that again. There are stages of the presence of God. Three stages. First of all, the stage of omnipresence. Omni means everywhere. The presence of God is everywhere. David said you can't even descend down into the lower parts of hell, and he not be there. No matter where you go, God's presence is present. And then you have the abiding presence, the abiding presence. Once a, an individual accepts Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ himself, through the Spirit, comes into that life, the Spirit of God is inside. That is the abiding presence. And the Bible says he comes in to abide forever. The abiding presence. Whether you feel like it or whether you don't feel like it, God's presence, God's Spirit is with you. On Monday morning, just like he is on Sunday morning. Whether you feel good, feel bad, or whatever, God's presence is with you. So you have the omnipresence, and then you have the abiding presence. And in this church, or in your home, or driving down the road, in your automobile, or wherever you are, at your office, at school, wherever you are, God's Spirit, if you have invited Him in, accepted Him by faith, God's Spirit is with you. 
You don't have to pray him down, shouting down, or whatever. He's there. Thirdly, the other stage, the third stage, is the manifest, manifested presence of God. The manifested presence of God. That's when God manifests his presence. Whether it's, now, I believe to a certain extent there was in this worship a certain portion or part of a manifestation of God's presence. Now, you don't have to feel him to know he's here. In fact, most of the time you might not feel him. In fact, sometimes you may not even feel saved. I mean, you don't go by feeling. Feelings will be up today and down tomorrow. You do not go by feelings. Thank God for the feelings. But this morning you could sense the very presence of God. I mean, it was, it was, it was wonderful. Some of us stepped out of our seats. Some of us came to the altar. Some of us ran. And some of us just stood in our seats. Some of us lifted our hands. And no matter our physical reaction... I believe that most of us, if not all of us, in some way, some measure, sense that manifested presence of God. So you have those three stages. Now, uh, if you have your outline, today's outline, you'll see, look at it. It says at the top, the power of God revealed. And you'll notice we have two dates on there because if you go down to about the middle of the page, we get into our, our, our sermon for today. Now, I'm not going to double up on you, I hope, too much. But I felt like I could not or we could not approach the sermon for today without, in some measure, refreshing our mind about last week's. I hope you have, if you, I, I encouraged you last week to take your, your outline and put it in your Bible and bring it back, but I hope Steve got everyone that did not have one, an outline, it's just a great, great outline, outline for last Sunday. But notice the introduction and it's somewhat different than last Sunday's. Biblical revelation is the divine act of God revealing himself to man. Revelation comes from the Latin word meaning to unveil. To unveil. When a thing is revealed, the veil which is hid is removed. God has revealed himself through the creation of the world and the universe. The heavens, Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. No matter what country, no matter where it is, every man, no matter what language, no matter what religion, in some measure, God's, as we sung about it this morning, God's galaxy, the sun, the moon, the earth, God has revealed himself through his creation. Something, someone had to create what we see. It had to be created. If I had a watch, I don't wear a watch. 
But if I had a watch this morning and I took it off and took every, every little piece of that watch apart and put all those pieces in a bag and I shook that bag for a hundred years, thousand years, a million years. If I shook that, could do that, and shook that bag for a million years, open that bag up, do you think it would come out a watch ticking and showing what time it is? Absolutely not. You could shake it all you wanted to. And what we see, and I want to get into that. I mean, there are galaxies, and then there are galaxies, light years, and, and the sun. How many earths can you put in the sun? One second of the power from the sun will keep, produce enough energy to keep the earth going for many, many years. I mean, when you get to looking at God's creation, so the heavens declare, and then the Bible provides us with very specific information about God himself. Where do you find it? In God's word. Now, I, I don't know what your plans are. When it comes to 2019 for the word of God. But I hope that you have some kind of plan for reading the Bible. I hope you'll have a Bible where you can understand it, read it when you read it. And you don't understand it all until you study it. If you will have some kind of study material. If you've never gone on Biblegate, I think it's Biblegate online, go on there and it's got all kind of stuff to where you can study the Bible. One of the good things that you could do about studying the Word of God, it's the Old Testament, but it's one of the greatest writers in, in all the world. <clears throat> it's the book of Isaiah. But then if you're a new convert and you're new, you can read the book of John, St. John in the New Testament, or the great, great book that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church, and that's Romans. But, but have a plan to, to read the Bible because that is where God specifically reveals himself. You do that. Last week we talked about, uh, we read Matthew chapter 16, 30, 13 through 20. Brother Larry spoke on this some Wednesday nights ago, and it was very interesting. And he told about where they were when this particular incident happened. Jesus was with his disciples, and he asked the question. Now listen, asking questions are important. When you see questions in the Bible, especially asked by Jesus, Take note, there's a reason he's asking that question. And you can learn a lot, not only at the question, but at the answer that is given. So he asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they said to him, some says that you're Isaiah. Some says that you're Jeremiah. Some says you're a prophet. John the Baptist. But then he got... He got right down to the nitty-gritty. And that's what we do here at this church. You know, I can come and take about 15 and 20 minutes 
and preach a sermon, preach over your head and, and gloss it over and just talk about the great things and make us all feel good and we can go out after the service and say, oh, I want that beautifully done and let's eat our chicken leg and brag on the preacher because he did a wonderful... We're not here to do that. We're, we're here to know the very truth of God. And you find the truth from cover to cover. You don't call out certain parts of it because that's offensive. So you read the word of God and Jesus said to them, now you've said to me who people say that I am. I want to ask you a question. Who do you say that I am? And that's the important question. Not what this church believes. Not even how it worships. Not even about the pastor. It's what do you think of God? What is your own personal opinion about God? You may have a husband. You may have a wife. You may have a mom, a dad, a boyfriend, girlfriend. You may have someone that you associate with, enjoy being with. It's one thing to know what they think about Jesus Christ. It's something else for you to get right down to where you are and answer this question. What do you Think of God. Peter was one to speak up often, and he said, uh, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Peter. And I love this. Because flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Here we go. We're talking about Revelation. Flesh and the carnality did not reveal that to you. But my Father which is in heaven, it was a divine, spiritual, supernatural revelation. And there's not a person here sitting or anywhere that knows Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit revealing who he really is. You can know about him. You can know the history of him. You can think he's a great prophet. You can think he was a great man. Or you can hate him and cuss him. Whatever you want to do. But you can't know about him until the Holy Spirit reveals who he really is. And, and Peter realized it. And so from that, we looked at this revelation. Look at your notes. How do I receive this revelation? First of all, through prayer. You and I need to learn the biblical art of meditation. In fact, the scripture often speaks about whether it's David, the psalmist, or whoever, people going before the Lord, meditating. The only thing about that today, we live in 2019, and we don't have time for that. Now, they did, we did years ago. You'd sit on the porch, and you'd rock back and forth. We didn't have the stuff, the phones, and, and, and all the things today, we, 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 we had time then. But today, God understands we don't have time to meditate. You're missing something, folks. You're missing something. Prayer. We had a large gathering Friday night. I'm going to talk about Friday night for just a moment because there is no time in this church, whether it's Sunday morning or Wednesday night, or whenever it is. And we have prayer. Of course, we have prayer on Wednesday. We have prayer on uh, Sunday morning from 9 to 9.30 in the prayer room. And, uh, but Friday night, 
Friday night. I mean, the night we go get groceries. The night when our special program comes on television. I mean, wow. The night when maybe our team is playing and we want to watch it. Friday night? Friday night? And besides you folks praying hour, I can't even, I can't even watch a program without going, getting up and going getting chips for an hour. Let me tell you, we come in. Brother Dan starts the music. He opens. And we sit here, we sit there, we walk here, we walk there. We, it is, there, there is no time. And I've, I've told you about 30 years ago how that we had great outpourings of the Spirit of God. And, and I'm not wanting to go back to the good old days. Don't get me wrong. But we had, and we have such a move of God. There was people weeping all over the congregation. I mean, every person there was weeping. Carol and I were in our New Year's Eve service uh, a few nights ago, and there were 2,500 people there, and, and all the ushers had tissue boxes. Every usher, and the ushers stood in the aisles the whole service. And they were constantly getting uh, tissue to dry their eyes. Friday night to me is a, is a time when it, it, it sort of takes me back to those times because we're praying, we're singing, we're sitting. We're not praying the whole hour. There is no way that I can get it across to anyone how important prayer is. In fact, I need seven people that will volunteer by uplifted hand. You will meet with me between nine you were, you were playing. I, you know, I know things come up. Don't get me wrong. But in your heart, sitting here today, you were, you were playing in your heart today to meet the pastor between 9 o'clock and 9.30. I need seven people to raise their hand that next Sunday you'll meet with me between 9 and 9.30, have a beautiful prayer room, that you'll meet with me in that room. Okay, we have one, two. Three, four, five, six. Come on, guys. I got to have one. Did I miss one? I am so sorry. Seven. Thank you. Thank you. Now, just because you did not raise your hand doesn't mean you can't meet with us. We're not a select group, okay? And I would like to encourage you to meet with us on Friday night. Set aside time. There is nothing like it. Let me tell you why this pastor stands in front of you today with a voice that is strong, with a body that is strong for a man my age. God has been so good to me. And most of you know what I've gone through. You know what's brought me through? Wednesday morning, wow, do we have great time Wednesday morning with Joe and Martha and the staff. God, it's wonderful. Wednesday morning, Friday night, Sunday morning, Tuesday morning. You meet Tuesday morning with about 40 ministers. They're not all 40 there at the same time, but with about 40 ministers, we pray. And people are praying for me 
and have prayed for me for the past several months in Vijuwada, in uh, India, in Bluefields, Nicaragua, all over the world, in Tennessee, in Alabama, in California. I get people telling me they're praying for me all over. You know why I stand here today? Because of the prayers of the saints of God. You might say, well, preacher, if it's like that on Friday night, I know I'm coming. I need a shot in the arm. You may come and not feel one thing. Sometimes I'm here on Friday night and I don't even want to be here. You don't come because you feel like it. You don't, you don't love your wife or your husband because you feel like it. You do it because it's right and it's scriptural. We, we go with feelings. Listen, we can't do that. But I want to challenge you to plan, to purpose. Now, as we, as we look at this, how we receive revelation, it's through prayer. It's through prayer. It's through praise. You notice the three Ps. It's through power of the word. It's through praise and worship. There's something about praise and worship. It, it, it's like we had this morning, but if we'll be obedient to God and pray to God and ask for his manifested presence, there will be such a power here that people will literally come to the altar to get saved, almost if not run to the altar and, and submit their lives. to. We need the manifestation of the Spirit of God and it will happen in praise and worship. Brother Larry challenged us this morning to sort of lose ourselves in that worship and enter into that. I must admit, there are times we don't feel like it. There are times I come to church, I don't want to come to church. I don't want to preach. But I don't do it because I want or don't want to. I do it because, because God has commissioned us. and I do it because I want to be obedient to the word. So we learn revelation through prayer, ongoing prayer. And let me say something that's very important. Somebody says, I pray, but I'm not going to join with you. Then you're not scriptural. We, some people have a problem praying corporately together. I went through the book of Acts this week and I looked, Brother Dan, and everywhere they collectively joined together. I mean, they started Pentecost style. They were in one accord. And they were in one place. And throughout the book of Acts, the reason that the early church was strong and they could stand with boldness is because they joined together in prayer. But I don't like praying with other people. I can't think. They pray too loud or they do this. Listen, the devil will fight you tooth and nail to keep you from praying with someone else. He don't want you to do that. Learn to do it. I don't want to pray with, well, do it anyway. Purpose in your heart, I'm going to pray with my wife. I'm going to pray with my husband. We're going to join in prayer. You think I get all these messages and I have all these good points myself? 
Don't tell her, but it comes a lot from Carol. Because we sit in there on, in the mornings and we study, and I get my notes and I talk, and she starts talking and I start writing and she starts. <laughs> Do things together. Do it with your husband, with your wife. But we need to pray. Let 2019 be a, the year of prayer, ongoing prayer. There's nothing like it. Prayer, praise, and the power of God's word. It is powerful. Now, I got to hurry up because I know that that meal will be calling. You know, you can keep people after 12 o'clock but their stomach's going home. You know that, don't you? Allow me to read. If Sister Tammy will bring up the scripture, I won't, and, I, and, and I, I certainly am aware of the time. Exodus chapter 33, beginning at verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. He goes on to say, Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Moses and God had a very special relationship. Moses was the friend of God, and he spoke to him like he never spoke to anyone. Now, therefore, verse 13, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And I'll explain that statement to you in just a moment. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. If God's presence is not with us, if we're going to come to church on Sunday morning and, and God's presence is not here, we might as well go home. If what God has called us to do in our ministry, whether it's witnessing, whether it's prayer, now you don't always feel him. But Moses said, if your presence is not with us, don't bring us up. For how then will we be known that your people, and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us. God, I want you to go with us. And that should be our prayers so we shall be separate, your people, I from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Israel was not like any other nation. The church today should be separated from the world. And the church should not look like the world, and the world should not look like the church. God's word today, you can't tell. People say, oh, they live together. They're not, not even married. They go to church and they pray and they sing. They're in the choir. They pay their tithe. And they're honored just like they're everybody else. I'll tell you, if you're living together and not married, you're in disobedience to God. A physical relationship outside of marriage is condemned by the Bible. Not some narrow-minded preacher standing in a pulpit pit somewhere. We're different. So the Lord said to Moses, I also, I will also do this, that thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight and I know your name. And he said, please, 
show me your glory. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of it. I don't have time. God says, you can't see my face, but I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. What is a cleft rock? It's a split rock. God says to Moses, you can't see. Now, he didn't say he couldn't see his glory. Moses did actually see the glory of God. Now, here's a man. Listen to this. Here's a man that stood in the desert and a bush burning, not being consumed. Here's a man that spoke, stretched out his hand, and the Red Sea parted. Here's a man that traveled with two and a half million people through the wilderness for 40 years and had a cloud and fire to lead him. Here's a man that they didn't have food and he prayed and God actually rained down manna from on high. Here's a man that when they didn't have water, he smoked, should have spoke, but smoked the rock, a rock, a rock, and out comes enough water to satisfy two and a half million people. Wow, here's a man that approached Mount Sinai and there was lightning and, and there was thunder and there was smoke and God allowed him to go up into his presence and now he's back down wanting to see the glory of God. Ah, oh, what a desire. What is your desire today? What is my, what are we really, really, really desiring this morning? What am I desiring? Am I desiring to come and look good in front of you folks and to preach a good message and pastor a nice church and get a good salary? What is my, am I, is my desire for Carolina to beat Duke? What, what, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, went, I, I went to meddling. I'm sorry, Brother Dan. Unless they change, it ain't going to be that way this year, I'm telling you right now. I'm, I'm talking about Carolina. What? Listen, are we so concerned about sports? Are we so concerned about fashion? Are we so concerned about things that we forget God? A man that had seen and experienced all of these things is praying to God, God. I want to see your glory. I want to see. God said, listen, I've got to read. So, verse 19, Tammy, verse 19. Then he said, this is God, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. And then he tells him what I just told you a while ago. He said, I will pass before you. I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and, and you'll see my hind part. You'll see my back part. You, won't, you can't see my face. But he did see the glory. He did see the glory. Notice, and I'll briefly go through. God's glory. Notice it with me. The continual pursuit of God's presence. As you and I continually, Build a consistent intimacy with God. God will 
reveal his glory. I think that's something you and I must cultivate. Now, you say, Pastor, did, did Moses want to sensationalize everything? And, and that's, what we, that's what we find ourselves doing. If we're not careful, we take things, methods, means of getting to God, and we think these things, these methods are the end in themselves. They're not. There is a supposed to be a Bible in Georgia, and it's in a little town outside of, or close to Douglasville. Dalton, Georgia. Dalton, Georgia. This guy has this Bible. And one day it started forming oil in it. And there was more oil and more oil. And, and then it started running. And, and, and um, he took this Bible and he, he, he put it in a plastic container. And now for two years, they've collected gallons of oil. And these little containers, they put them in thousands and thousands of these little containers, and they have sent them all over the world. Now, I don't, you say, is that true? I don't know. I know that we've seen oil on people's hands many, many, many years ago. We've seen the manifestation. The problem, if we're not careful, and I don't think these folks are doing that because I, I looked at YouTube, several of them. I don't think these folks. But the problem is we sensationalize what manifests. And we, we begin to look at the oil or we begin to look at the, 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 the people's teeth being filled. Uh, they, that was supposed. And we look at the gold dust and that was supposed. And a lot of things... And we get our eyes off Jesus Christ. Moses wanted to see the glory of God. And you know what God said to him? God expressed his glory in a simple revelation of his nature. In his goodness, in his kindness, he <coughs> revealed to Moses, <coughs> excuse me, the very, his very character. I mean, we want to sensationalize things. We want to magnify all the other things. But God, listen, Jesus Christ reveals the very glory of God. When God said to Moses, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. The rock, when you read the Bible throughout the Old and the New Testament, it speaks of none other than Jesus Christ is the rock. The split rock, the cleft rock, is that Jesus Christ was bruised, beaten, marred, placed on a cross, crucified, and rose the third day. That's what it was speaking of. And God was going to reveal his glory, and he did reveal his glory. Moses yearned for it. Notice I said Moses' aspiration. Only when God's presence is upon us can we behold his glory. I think the profoundest cravings of any, in, in any individual is to experience the very glory of God. The depth of his love. The depth of his kindness. The revelation of his mercy. Oh God, we, 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 we've not even tapped into these 
precious things. These precious things. But I believe this year, this year, the 2019, is going to be the year of the power, the power of God being revealed. There is not one person that should walk in this building or even that we experience seeing if God directs us and God moves in that direction, if they're, if they're bound with drugs, if they're bound with alcohol, if they're bound with all kind of immorality, pride, anything, jealousy, hate, unforgiveness, bitterness, there's not one person that should come in this place that they, are, they aren't met with the power of God and God sets them free and they walk out these buildings free. But it won't happen until it's done by God. And the power of God, the glory of God, the presence of God is not going to be here like it should until the saints of God begin to pray, meditate, call out for God and that become our, becomes our deep desire for Bethel Christian Center to experience the very power of God. That's when it will happen. That's when it will happen. That's when it will happen. What is the very expression? Come, come mad if you will. What, what is the very expression of God Almighty? Where can we behold him? The cross, listen to me, exhibits the only ground on which God and man can ever meet. We see his glory expressed in the cross of Calvary. The God that spoke all this into existence. Galaxies leap years away. Listen. Millions. Trillions. Quist, is it the next one? Quist, not quad, it's Quid trillions. Quid trillions. Then you go to quad trillions. I mean, it blows our mind. They say that there are thousands of galaxies like our galaxy. I don't know. I just know that the God, the God that spoke all of this, he said, let there be light and what? There was light. And the God that spoke all of these into existence made man from the dust and breathed into him the breath of life. The complexity of the human body, birth, life, molecules, The power of the atom is nothing compared to the power of God. All of these things. God takes all, and we're trying to understand, 
And God says, I'm going to, how, how are we going to be introduced to God with all of that? With all the, oh, our minds can't even comprehend it. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll send my son. He'll be born in a stable and laid in a manger. And he will live, reveal himself, and he will die, and I will raise him again, and he'll live forevermore at my side. He, you know where Christ is? He is seated at the right hand of power. And we think we're going through this, that, and the other. We've got faith. Did you know the God, Jesus Christ, that intercedes for us is seated at the very right hand of power. And you don't think he can take care of you? What's your desire today? What's your chief desire? Is it a personal experience? Every Friday night, Dan always has the communion prepared. There's, there's nothing like coming before God with the communion elements, the bread and the juice. But there's nothing like communion, communing with God. What is, what is your desire today? The thing that God spoke to Moses, he said, Moses... You can't see my face. I'll show you my glory. But where I want you to be is standing beside me. God Almighty took Moses and stood him right beside can you Can you imagine you and I standing next to God? Well, that's where we are. In Christ. Christ, when we accept him, he takes us and puts us right in the very presence of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we're standing in the triune presence. Uh, can we guess? Can we get that? What is your desire today? If you want to experience the very presence and power and glory of God, Kneel at the cross. Sing this as they sing it.